Hi, this is Anke Chuhi, and welcome to the Effective Tropical Gardening Solutions Podcast. I'm excited to, to sharing my gardening tips and strategies that are working for tropical gardeners, but these strategies can also be used by anybody else who is interested in gardening. Uh, she is the founder and CEO of the Home Gardening Support Network. You can find that at homegardeningsupportnetwork.com. Joining me, Anne Gachui. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Shaggy. I appreciate I am glad to be here today. And I noticed that when it comes to giving out information mm-hmm. in our Internet society, people really like top ten lists. Yes. And today... Just to make our show more internet generational friendly, we're going to do a top 10 list of our own, right? Yes, we are. And today we're actually talking about the 10 simple steps to starting your own vegetable garden. Yeah. So if you have never, ever, ever grown a plant before, here's 10 ways at least that you can get started, okay? Or at least the 10 steps that you can take Mm -hmm. so that at the end of the day you can say, well, I tried the gardening thing. I really did. (laughs) Yes, either that or even if you had started a garden and you're somewhere in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. you can check where you are in terms of these steps. And now we are going into growing your vegetables. So there is a process which I think if home gardeners actually followed, it will make their gardening much easier. Hmm. If you know where to start, instead of starting from the top, but you start from the ground. Yeah, so just don't think of it as a list top down. Think of it as a house, foundation up. Foundation up, actually from the roots up. But let's start with the step number one. All you right. have to decide on the type of vegetables you want to grow. And I always add vegetables plus herbs. And the reason is... Herbs are our friends. They help attract beneficial insects. So when you're planting your vegetable garden, don't leave behind your basil and thyme and chives and rosemary and dill and parsley and cilantro. So you got to think of it as a growing system, not just a plant. Absolutely. And in fact, you've just hit on what I've been thinking of putting together, and I am in the process of putting together the success system, the gardening success system. And there is a process to it. So when you decide on the type of vegetables, you have to decide whether you want warm season vegetables. We are just coming off the summer from some of the people who live in places where there is summer. There is still a bit of summer left. In which case, then you can grow cucumber, squash, eggplant, sweet pepper, and tomatoes. Hmm. Here, um, as we go towards the fall, then you grow the cool season vegetables. And that could be lettuce, onions, peas, beets, Swiss chard, cabbages, radishes, uh, broccoli, or plants in the cabbage family. Hmm. So you have to decide on the type of vegetable based on the season. So even in Hawaii, where everybody is like, it's just hot and sunny year-round, you still have to consider between the winter and summer season. Yeah, in a sense, yes. Because if you live up country, you know, above 2,500 feet, 
then it gets a little cooler as we go towards the the winter time mm-hmm. what we call winter in the islands really we are spoiled but it's still good to know that so but it still gets a little cooler like 55 in the night and maybe 70 degrees during the day and so it's good to grow some of these cool vegetables because if you try to grow tomatoes and i've seen bad cases of tomatoes being grown in a shaded wet cool location in the winter time they don't do too good mm, they, they need a well. lot of sun huh they need a lot of sun hmm. okay, so here's the thing if you had to pick a plant that would be reasonably easy okay like somebody that needs a starter plant yes. to get their feet wet what would you say is one of the easier growing plants right now to throw in the ground if you're trying it? i would go more for leafy vegetables and in fact for some of you who've never grown probably arugula you can try arugula it's an easy vegetable to grow and it requires a lot of good soil a lot of good compost mm-hmm. but basically it's an easy vegetable to grow so that one would be like a a vegetable with training wheels <laughs> well it's a vegetable that will probably give you a lot in terms of your greens whether you can eat it in salads and of course if you want to be a bit more adventurous in smoothies if you want to but most of the leafy vegetables like lettuce will be easy things like kale and today there's a craze about kale so oh yeah you can grow your kales the only thing to look out for if you do grow kales and cabbages sometimes they get that green caterpillar and uh, so yeah, another one you're talking seen about. Those, yeah, the mother is a butterfly that is fluttering around. So you have to take care of the green caterpillar. You can spray a slightly more safer pesticide called BT, which stands for Bacillus thuringiensis. Don't worry about the long name. Just go to the garden center and tell them BT, and you may get it under a name like Dipel. Mm, okay. Uh, so that will take care of your caterpillars. And, and the caterpillars are the things that eat your leafies. But, yes. But, okay, what if you actually want some insects? Because I know that, that everybody is kind of complaining about the lack of bees. <laughs> and yes. bees are very important to a garden. They are for pollination. So you grow lavenders. Lavender. If you want to have some good plants that keep away the bad bugs. So, let me first backtrack a little okay, bit. You so say we'll the keep good the bad ones insects. out. Let's start with the good ones. Okay. The ladybugs, the lacewing, the praying mantids, the parasitic wasps. Those ones they attract. Those ones they eat the bad insects. So you want them in your garden. Mm. They are your foot soldiers. They'll be fighting off the bad insects. <laughs> <laughs> it's, your, it's your hired mercenary killers. Yes, They're but right. they are good killers. They will kill the bad insects. So you need to plant things like mints and catnips. Catnip. Which Yes, which will repel aphids. Chrysanthemums and dahlias will repel nematodes. Nasturtiums and French marigolds will f- repel white flies. So there are certain plants you select which actually keep off the other pests. But plants like dill, which have got big flowers or parsley, or mint or any of the herbs they attract the beneficial insects and the beneficial insects stay in your garden like ladybugs and they eat the bad guys oh 
See, I like this warrior bug thing all of a sudden. That is true. It appeals to my manliness. All right, now let's let's move on to another step because we talked a little bit uh, when we were in the composting thing about yes. picking a site for your compost. Yes. But you need to have that kind of consideration for your garden too, right? Absolutely. So you have to choose a garden location. It has to be sunny. It has to be level. It has to be at least getting six to eight hours of sunlight. Hmm. Here the house would be best. So it's always very important. Like we say, most vegetables grow in the sun so that is step number two now step number three you have to plan your garden so you don't just go around and say, oh, 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 this is some garden, <clears throat> throw some seeds there, and throw some seeds there, and water and fertilizer. No, no. It helps because eventually you'll want to think about rotation. So when you plan your garden, especially on, you lay it out on paper, and so you draw out what you want so that you know eventually when it's done growing here, then the next season you come back, you know what was growing there and what needs to replace it. Mm. So that was step number three. Okay, step so number four. Now we're into the part where the planning that you did on three yes. actually comes back to help you maintain the garden. Absolutely. And so you have to think about a crop rotation now, plan a, for your garden. A lot of people are thinking, does that mean you pick the plant up and turn it around and put it back down in, in the ground? In a sense, yes. It's like musical chairs. So if, let's say, your kales were growing here this season, next season you need to have maybe tomatoes or have onions or have cabbage or something else that is different from a different family. So the thing is, don't grow the same plants from the same family season after season. Because that takes out the same nutrients. Yes, and they bring in the bad bags. So if you had tomatoes, don't bring in you know eggplants or sweet pepper hmm. thereafter they all belong to the same family they have the same bags and the same diseases so you want to be able to uh, confuse the diseases and the bags by having something different <laughs> so basically at this point you're <laughs> screwing with nature well you're just being a smart gardener <laughs> <laughs> or smart-ass, depending on the bugs. But then we get to what we, 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 we do in step five, which is what we've been covering the last three weeks. Yes, prepare the ground. Prepare the ground. And you have to. And you ca you have several options. I know a lot of people who really are into organic, and they don't want to touch anything like Roundup. They, that's a bad name. They, they think it is. That is, of course. So there are options to how you need to prepare your ground. If it's the first time you're going out into some grassy patch, you can either you know dig it out of course you can mm -hmm. also lay some newspapers or black polythene sheet and let it stay there for a while so that the grass is killed or any weeds are killed but eventually at the end of the day you really need to just dig up your soil really well and then you add organic matter oh that would be the compost that's the compost we made okay. and so remember to add compost to your garden as you prepare it you need about two to three inch layer of the organic matter in the form of either the compost or if you don't have compost you can use chicken manure cow manure or other form of manures oh. so, and if you want to be organic you can add soil amendments like seaweed bone meal uh, blood meal fish emulsion if you have those that will really help your garden and that that just super packs it with the nutrients absolutely okay now here's the thing there's the argument that some people are like i can't do a seed so I, I i just go and i go get the little starter plants the little the, the starters you know yes. the shooters or whatever they call them yes uh, they 
there's people out there that thinks one is the better than the other. Is that necessarily the case? I think each of them has the pros and the cons. So we are talking about a seedling that you go out to your garden center and buy an already planted tomato seedling that was there maybe in the ground for four to five weeks or six weeks, depending on where it was growing. So when you bring it to your garden, it's already started off. Yeah. So you have like uh, you are some steps ahead. You don't have to start from seed. You're cheating. Well, not cheating. You're giving yourself the best opportunity to succeed, <laughs> in a sense. Oh. But on the other hand... Some people would still you, call that cheating. If you like <laughs> to start from scratch and you're good at starting seeds in a pot and they germinate and they grow, so you're off by about four to six weeks. Hmm. Because from the moment you put your seed in to the time you now transplant it, it's about four to six weeks. So for somebody who went to the garden center, bought a seedling, so they are way ahead in a sense. Yeah, they're about four weeks ahead. But the garden center one costs $3. And then yours, a packet of maybe 100 seeds will cost you maybe 2 or $3. Mm. So do the maths. Do the math. Now, when it comes to like actually planting them, yes, um, this is the thing. Do you go out the day before you plant and mm-hmm. super saturate the soil and then kind of let it soak overnight and then come back in? Or do you wet the ground, throw the seedlings in, and then water it again? Because I've heard some people say that that's drowning. Well, in a sense, both may work if you had really super dry soils. Mm. Super, super dry soil. Probably it may help the night before to go and moisten it up a little bit. But the thing is, start planting early. You want to go in and plant your seedlings or seeds very early in the morning when it's cool or maybe late in the evening when it's cool. Not in the middle of the day. So as to whether you water this, the ground first, like I said, if the soil looks a bit dry for you, it would help to, of course, moisten it. You don't drown it, but just enough moisture to let the seedlings and the roots not to, to have a good start. Mm. Now, how do you know if you've gone too deep? You know, when you have seeds, we always say you don't plant the seeds more than twice the diameter of the seed. And remember how small those seeds are. A tomato seed is like a tiny, tiny, weeny little bit. So you have to make sure that you don't plant them deep. You just create a shallow trough if you're starting from seeds. Mm -hmm. And then you place your seeds in. And then you take some fine soil or some compost and you lay it on top and you farm the soil. If it's a seedling, then you take it out of the container, you fluff out the roots, you know, Mm. tease them from the bottom. And then, of course, you place it to the depth that it was growing in the container. Unless it's a tomato seedling. If it's a tomato seedling, they don't care. You can plant it as deep as you want it because they do get roots along the stem. Oh, okay. Yes. Now, what about watering after you've got them in the ground? Watering is really critical because you don't want the seedlings so seeds to dry out at all. Normally, a young seedling has the opportunity to dry out very quickly. So you want to make sure as when you're planting, you're watering the, the hole. You're, when you finish, you water it up a little bit. Then, you, of course, you have to add and then you water it maybe two or three times during the week. Mm. Just light moistening it. Not too deep, not too little. Just enough to keep it growing. Ah. But normally I always say water the ground, not the plant. That's uh, A lot of people do that. They go out yes. there and they try to give the plant a shower. No, it doesn't take water through the leaves. 
believes. But <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, good try though. Well, <clears throat> you just want to make sure that at least if there are any diseases that are around, you don't want to splash them around from one plant to the next. That's mm-hmm. the reason why you water the soil. But also just to make sure that you give it deep, infrequent watering. That's what we say. If you're measuring it as the plant grows, you can give it about an inch of water per week. That's it. An inch to an inch and a half, depending if it's the summertime, about one and a half inch. An inch of water is a lot of water. Mm. It's a lot of water. Okay. Well, and then after that, I guess you're all into the happy gardening maintenance phase, huh? Yes, and so we're in the last step. And your last step is gun maintenance. What does it involve? You have to mulch your vegetables. Immediately you plant them, you add mulch. And you can add mulch in the form of weed chip, wood chips or leaf mulch or newspapers or coconut core. You can fertilize your seedlings. You need to fertilize your seedlings, uh, of course, as you're planting them, but again, maybe two or three times during the growth of the plant. Then, of course, you have to weed, make sure that the weeds are not competing for nutrients with the you plants. Mm-hmm. Then check out for insects and disease control. Then if there are some plants like tomatoes that require pruning and staking, then you do take care of that. Mm, so so that is all plant maintenance. Oh, well, it's Ann Gachui, founder and CEO of the Home Gardening Support Network. I want to call her Dr. Plant. She won't let Thank you, Shaggy. I really appreciate the opportunity. And again, as I leave, if you have more questions, you can always get more information on our website, which is the Home Gardening Support Network. So I hope you'll join us. I hope you'll also leave a review. And also, of course, subscribe to our episodes. And I'm excited to have you join us.